I'm Austin. I'm Kenny. This is We Watch Weeds. In We watch movies and we are watching summer movies. Yay! <laughs> Some of us, it's it summer year round. Yeah, well, I guess so. But, I mean, and you know, it's just, it's southern, it's summer in the northern hemisphere. You know, right now it's winter in Australia and what, but. Okay. Uh, it is like 90 degrees here, so. Yeah, well, it's like 85 here, so it finally. Finally got finally, finally it, caught up. <laughs> like a week ago, it finally went from being like you know sixty degrees uh, to like eighty in like a week. So uh, we had kind of a a quick turn from from winter to spring to summer. It was like two weeks long between the seasons. So hmm. uh, it was like I don't know three weeks ago. I had a, a fire in the wood stove the last time. So I don't even I don't even remember last time it was. It was even below 70. Uh-huh, you and your Florida weather. <laughs> Speak, speaking of that, I'm looking at my cameras. It is starting to rain. Oh, wow. Well, that's your Florida weather, too. <laughs> yeah. I think it's supposed to rain here tomorrow. We've gotten a lot of rain all through the winter and now, so but we got a, a few sort of hot summer days uh, for, for a while there. And like, I mean, that's the thing that I remember about summer movies. You know, you go into the theater, it's hot outside... The air conditioning's cool. The soda's cool. You know. Well, and going to and a movie in this in the movie, is a, a sensory thing. And it, yeah. And in this particular movie, everybody is sweating. Sweaty. It's a sweaty movie. It's a sweaty movie. Like uh, it is uncomfortably <laughs> sweaty. Like to watch. And then I know, to actually the, think about. I mean, you know, we still haven't said the title yet. I mean, you know, because it's on the um, it's on the <laughs> it's on the title of the file, but and we'll but we'll say it in a second, but like. I, they're so, they're like, they're so sweaty, but the like bottom half of them is jeans. And that just seems like the most uncomfortable thing you could possibly do. Yeah. Sweaty Air chest Air conditioning jeans. just was not like, <laughs> Well, you know, they're in the military, so there's, oh, well, even when they're in, well, okay, so let's go ahead and get into the, well, this is a weird, you know, tell the audience of the circumstance, Larry King. Uh, this is a weird episode. Hopefully, we'll have the things fixed by the next episode. But like, we can't. I can't play any of the like sound effects and stuff live, so uh, it's weird for us. So we're kind of like guessing how the segments are going to be separated <laughs> and stuff. So every summer, a film comes along. Today's movie is Top Gun. Top Gun is a 1986 action drama film directed by Tony Scott and importantly produced by Jerry Bruckheimer and Don Simpson. We'll probably talk about them in other circumstances as they relate to summer movies. Uh, Starring Tom Cruise, Kelly McGillis, Val Kilmer, Anthony Edwards, and Tom Skerritt. How about a plot synopsis? Oh boy, well, uh, this young hotshot pilot with crooked teeth... um, decides while well, he's super cocky and he goes through the flight training program goes on to um, 
the top one, which is Top Gun, and then uh, proceeds to show off a bit, um, ends up uh, maybe being involved in getting his best friend killed, but technically not his fault, I guess, and he has a, uh, uh, what is it, a realization, he, he almost leaves, but then he comes back and saves the day, and Tom Cruise. Which, you know, <laughs> of course it's Tom Cruise, but this is really, you know, we barely have Tom Cruise at this point. You know, he's been in, like, Risky This Business is before Tom Cruise was Tom Cruise. The, uh, mm-hmm. the movie. This is when Tom Cruise sh- was just Tom Cruise. Yeah. Now, the, before he was, like, like Tom Cruise, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's still, you know, it says Tom Cruise, Kelly McGillis, Top Gun on the poster, but, um... So, but the movie he had done just before this was Legend, the like Ridley Scott, um, like fantasy, you know, he has a sword and real long hair movie. Uh, so he'd only been in a few, a few things and wasn't that big a deal, uh, at the time. And yeah, it's, uh, you know, and it's kind of, you know, everybody kind of wasn't a big deal yet. Val Kilmer wasn't that big a deal yet. And, um, you know, Anthony Edwards wasn't that big a deal yet. And I only say crooked teeth because ever since I was actually, ever since I like was told that his front two teeth were off center, <laughs> now I can't not, can't see, not it. see it. Before, before you never noticed it. But then when you, it's like one of those things when you know it and it's there, it just, you can't not see it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, he has a distinctive smile though. You know, the like the Tom Cruise. Yeah, it's smile like they were like, like someone putting him together, just a couple pixels to the wrong side, and they were like, "Oh well, <laughs> uh-huh. we've gone too far now. Might as well leave it." Um, so you know, this is a this is one of these uh, you know sort of as we talk about summer movies, we could have had you know many of them that were Jerry Bruckheimer joints because like Jerry Bruckheimer kind of is the like the big was the big action movie guy in the like mid 80s and up through i don't know the early 2000s you know he produced uh flash dance and the rock and crimson tide and con air and armageddon and black hawk down and you know a, a bunch of michael bay stuff the pirates of the caribbean movies the bad boys movies the beverly hills cop movies <laughs> like he's just sort of the like the big action summer sort of guy and, you know, I, we, normally we don't mention the produced by in, you know, right alongside the director. But, you know, for that, for the Jerry Bruckheimer things, it's sort of like you kind of know the sort of thing you're you're going for. It's al- he's almost as important a name, uh, you know, sort of independent of who what director that he's working with. Um, the oh, the uh, the gone in, the Nicolas Cage gone in 60 seconds movie is a Jerry Bruckheimer produced. Uh, film also which is also a, a real sweaty movie <laughs> um maybe he just likes sweaty movies uh yeah well i mean well think about think about con air they're always sweaty <laughs> pretty sure that they're always sweaty in the bad boys movies or at least a lot of the time um i guess i just never noticed it watching it before until i oh you, you know, never noticed how it. sweaty I mean, I it's like, yeah, I knew that, I mean, I think it was just like there, but then I just, for some reason, I was like, I noticed it and then paid attention to it, and it literally, I mean, and the beads were, it looks like yeah. somebody sprayed them with, like, like gel. <laughs> well, and right from the beginning, 
like when they're doing the first engagement and like um uh James Tolkien who's Strickland in the uh Back to the Future movies he's yeah, like yeah. commanding the ship and He's got his cigar and he's puffing away and there's just sweat rolling down his head. Well, <laughs> and that was the yelling thing. Yelling on the I, radio. I like, Every, it, yeah. Right from the beginning, it's a sweaty movie. <laughs> like, I understood when they were in the planes and they were all geared up, but then they go into his office and he's sweating bullets. And yeah. I'm like, is it that hot in your I guess, office? I guess so. Well, I, you know, it's an aircraft carrier. I guess maybe there's ventilation, but they're they're not, you know, it's the, it's the military. They're not that concerned with comfort, I suppose. Um, I just imagine the whole entire ship just smells terrible. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, um, I've been, I, w- I went on, I was probably, I think, 11 or 12. Um, like, my uh, brother-in-law was in the Navy, and he was on stationed on the Nimitz in San Diego for a while, or based in, out of San Diego for a while, and he, uh, he took me and my brother onto it and uh, showed us some stuff. Uh, you know, way back in 2001 or 2002 or something. And I can't remember what it smelled like. Um, I don't remember ask, it being uh, that sweaty, though, because it was that was probably, I don't know, July or something. So it would have been hot in California. <laughs> you yeah, I'll have, to, uh, I'll have to ask, uh, ask my friend who uh, was on a ship for quite a long time. Maybe yeah. I'll send him a screenshot. <laughs> like, is this is yeah. this what it's like? <laughs> well, is he? Because I've been thinking about if he's the same one. Um, he was at the wedding. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh-huh. he uh, potentially has stories about the sequel to this movie. If he could tell any of them, I'll have to uh, ask him. Which is, uh, and he was on a ship for a long time. Yeah, he had one of the longest deployments. Um, since I think, uh. I don't know, it was Vietnam or something. They, he was on a really long deployment. So he was he definitely, if the, if, there's, if, if the ship is sweaty, he would know. Yeah, he would know. It would have gotten sweaty sometime during that yeah. time. <laughs> <laughs> but so this, you know, the Top Gun School is a real, you know, fighter, um, advanced fighter weapons school, it's actually called, was a, was a thing that was developed because we were getting a lot of pilots killed. Like our kill ratio was real bad in Vietnam. And so that we should probably train some people better. For this, and so they opened the what became known as the Top Gun School, and it existed for a number of years. And then, in uh, probably eighty four or five, California Magazine published an article called "Top Guns" that was about the Navy Fighter Weapons School, and Jerry Bruckheimer happened to read it, and there was this great picture that he tells the story about in interviews of like is a it's from the cockpit of one of the jets and you can see like one plane reflected in the visor and two more planes out in the sky behind him. And he was like, ah, this could be a movie. It's like star Wars on earth. And so they started trying to get a movie made just based on the idea of the, like what it would look like. It was this great photograph. I remember correctly. And it was a shot in the cockpit. You saw this huge helmet, with a reflection of a jet in the helmet and two jets behind him. And I said, God, this is Star Wars on Earth. This is something we should get involved in. And that's one of the things that's still so great about this movie, you know, as it's 31 years old this year. Uh, or not 31 years old. Uh, tw- uh, 30, 36 years. 36 years old. It was 86, right? 30, yeah. Yeah. So it'll be 40 years old in four years. Um. But it, it's it's going to go in for its colonoscopy. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
is that it still looks amazing. Like, because almost all of it is like real stuff shot with real, you know, real jets. Um, and there's a, there's the only stuff that's not is whenever they fire the guns. And some of that is, is models because they, the, some of it they couldn't capture actually firing the guns because you really can't see the bullets like that in every circumstance. And, um, yeah, and, and at that time then, you either had to do... I mean, to, for it to look not corny, you pretty much had to do either real or model uh-huh. because CG just wasn't up there to be able to, ma- to mesh. Yeah. Well, there basically still wasn't any. You know, we're still... Yeah. Uh, seven years from Jurassic Park, so you know, and there would be CG going on, you know, a little bit, but uh, coming in here, we're at, we're like a couple of like one year away from the abyss, I think. But for what? The, yeah, and for what so, they were trying to do. Yeah, what they were trying. Yeah, trying to make have... it look real and to get well, and just to have the actors, you know, if you did all of that process. Where you just set them in a cockpit, and because almost all of that is peop- real, the real actors in the actually the Rio seat of the planes with someone else flying it, but you can't really tell, and so you, you just see the real sky behind them all the time, and the yeah. other planes behind, like just like, and it just looks like nothing else because nobody's really done this since then because you don't have to anymore. Um, well, and that's the thing. I I think. It's like this CG has opened up the door for a lot of stuff that you couldn't do before, at least in a realistic way. But also, it's starting to be used for just regular shit. Like, it's starting to be used for stuff that it doesn't, you don't need it for. Yeah, the stuff you could just do. They'll they'll have you walking down the street in New York, but instead you're on a soundstage and and it's all done with green screens and everything. And. Which is not necessary. I understand it's more controlled and you don't have to shut down a street and you don't have to do all the practical stuff, but like it, it almost becomes more complicated, but yeah, on the post to side. to recreate it than to just shoot it. Yeah, because of course now you're in a controlled environment and you can do 20 takes and the background's going to look 100% the same every time. You don't have to wait for, oh, there's this, there's that, there's this, there's that. Yeah. That garbage truck wasn't there before. You know, it's like you can get the consistency, but it, you lose... Like the the realism of it, because it doesn't matter how good it gets. There's always like something missing. And I think that's so it's it's like kind of been a good thing and a bad thing. So where you've been able to advance on things you couldn't do before, they're starting to do things that you didn't need CG for before. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it just it, cause especially because it's cheap. yeah. So it's cool seeing stuff like this, which was still on the edge of. When you couldn't even, it wasn't even a possibility. So you had to think of a practical way to do it, whether it was actual full scale or in models. And even models, I think, end up looking better than even modern CG sometimes. Like there's just something about having an actual object and not something computer generated. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe one day it'll get so that our like brains can't tell, but. Right now, we still... And this is a... You know, we, we've talked about it before, but we have to mention it every time so we don't sound like hypocrites, but this is a different thing than Nolan's, like, if it's not on film, it doesn't look real. Oh, yeah. No, um, no. I'm... I Look, I'm... I, I, you know... Admittedly, my dad was the same way. Analog, digital, you know, would always swear analog sounded better. Look, I, I understand that with digital, 
technically you have more information like it can't get better like it is there's so much more information there's not like this like soft filter on everything like it's it, it, it you you can you can basically kind of downscale it or make it look like um it was something else but you have more information mm-hmm. but yeah there's no there's no like um like base tape hiss and there's no yeah. like ra so, curve and like there's just whatever's yeah, there is and, there and so i'm not in any way trying to say you know uh, it's better this way. Like I, CG is great, and it has just opened the door for just. I mean, look at the Marvel movies. Without CG, they wouldn't exist. Yeah, like, <laughs> I'm no pretty sure if we saw, <laughs> I would. I would app honestly. I would absolutely love to see one of the latest Marvel movies completely raw. Just the camera cuts put together, no CG. Like I mean, I guarantee it'd be all just. Oh yeah, there's, not, there's almost nothing. Sets and <laughs> green screen. I mean, clearly they're in space, so I mean, obviously, but yeah. <laughs> and even when they're and, not in space, yeah, and and even if they're in like a spaceship, they'll have like a little bit of the console that's real, and then the rest is is generated. Yeah. So it's like, I I'd really love to see, and I'd watch, I'd I would watch the entire three hour movie, however long it is. Yeah. Well, there if was. I, I don't it. know if you ever watched it. I never did. I think Cloud did. There, there was that like leaked, um, like work print copy of. One of the Wolverine movies that oh, was I don't like know if I saw that it was like it was cut together, but almost none of the effects were there, and so like that kind of is that. Uh, it's yeah. probably still yeah, findable if... somewhere. I have to look that up, but yeah, I would love to see that with one of these because you know, especially the Marvel movies, because uh-huh. almost every single character, nothing is done practically. You know, there might be some face makeup for the close-ups, or but everything is done afterward you yeah. know obviously tony stark and all his suit well, yeah even in got- the recent like in the or in the first one they they had a lot more like even the like the iron man armor like some of that was like real suits of armor until like he had to fly or something but i think almost even that isn't true anymore it's just like it's downy's head and he's wearing probably like you know green spandex or maybe they don't even have to do that anymore maybe he can just walk around and it's it's just a figure it out yeah i think that's why i like certain shows like like doctor who where they don't have the money to fake it (laughs) like their sets are amazing yeah but most of their characters or villains they run into like if you watch the behind the scenes they are exactly like there's no yeah unless they're a giant spider they'll, they'll make like the bottom half would be you know cg but everything about the person itself is all done practically. Everything. Yeah. And it's... Real I, Cybermen, I, and, real Daleks, real right. silence makeup. Exactly. Like, yeah. like, they're all... Now, they may replicate... In a wide shot, they may replicate the one Dalek to have to be, like, a million of them. But, yeah. like, when you're dealing with the the characters up close, like, they're all real. Like, And you can tell. You yeah. can tell they're real. Same with, like, the Cybermen and all of them. Like, you can tell they are real. Like, the body characteristics and the movement. Like... There's no, like, it's so, like I said, it's hard to explain what exactly it is. It's kind of like knowing when it's, a, a, like, like looking at an animated person and looking in the eyes and then looking at a real person. It's like, there's almost, there's like, they're getting closer and closer, but there's like certain things you can always tell when something is not, like, yeah. organic. And yeah, we're so not quite there. That's why I kind of like shows like that because they still do mostly everything practical. 
well, there's a oh, okay. There's a lot of things to tackle, obviously, because you know Top Gun is a big <laughs> thing. But we just brought up so many things just in that adjacent discussion that, um, that like I it is get relevant. To, so I swear it, it, it. Well, I mean, it's yeah, <laughs> everything's relevant. We talk about everything when referring to um, like we were talking about with practical versus CG yeah. model. Well, like it, okay, so we'll start there. There, there can be a consequence sometimes to doing things for real. And in this particular case, there uh, a stunt pilot did actually die in a crash. Um, he wasn't flying one of the jets. He was just flying a camera plane, like, by himself. Uh, he was getting, like, a bunch of, uh, like, like, POV stuff, like, from the front of the plane. And he was shooting mm. the, like, the, the, that shot from the front of the plane during the flat spin where you just see the horizon level, but just you're spinning around and around. And he lost yeah. control of the plane and crashed into the ocean and was not recovered. Uh, his name is Art Scholl. And um, so, and the, the the stuff is in, in the movie, the stuff that, that he shot. So uh, he's all over, all over the picture, but it uh, sometimes yeah, there's a cost it's... to doing it for real, but. No, there is, and that and that happens uh, uh, even to actors who just do their own stunts too. I mean, and stunt and people stunt people too, because that stuff you can't really a lot of that you have to do practically, especially when it's like physical stuff with the body, and that's why there are the stunt actors, and some of them yeah. get hurt and die, and and I mean, yeah, but that's, that's always why a risk. the danger is kind of why we we people are so fascinated by the the later Mission Impossible movies is because it's just like, well, Tom Cruise is just going to hang off the side of an airplane while it takes off and goes to 2,000 feet. Like, nobody else is going to do that, and he might die, so <laughs> I guess we'll watch him be insane. Um, yeah, and but the thing is, but it does bring that realism no, to it. No, it just, nothing and, else looks like it. <laughs> yeah, like and this, so... so. But yeah, there is a risk involved in in going that route and being able to have that realism. You are running because if you're if you're making the danger look real, it's because it is. Yeah. So and you be the you're as safe as you can, but it's still more dangerous than doing it with models or in a studio on the ground. So right, and if and if nothing bad ever happened, then it wouldn't be dangerous. So yeah, it is unfortunate when stuff like that happens but the people involved know the risks and and it is a calculated risk uh to an extent so it's um at least like you said the video that this pilot got was used and like it, it wasn't you know kind of like an all for nothing type of thing like it it brought that realism yeah. uh, to the film that otherwise would not be there yeah it so, would be it would i mean he didn't do all of it. A lot of it is the like Navy right. pilots and stuff flying, but when you can actually see the planes, but he's definitely a major piece of it and it wouldn't be Top Gun without his work. So Yeah, and that's just kind of the reality of the situation. I think that's another that's probably is another reason why they rely on a lot of uh CG now is to mitigate that risk. Yeah. You know, nobody but. gets hurt when you record on a a digital recorder rather than a tape, <laughs> but yeah, uh, you might get hurt if you fly a real airplane. Yeah, and you try to do those maneuvers or get like that kind of flat spin look, or you know, it's yeah. Which that's the other major moment that is a model of a jet is the like that looking straight up at the jet in the flat spin. That's a model, which was a really difficult shot to 
to get, it turns out, to get that sort of motion and make it look like this, the scale and the sky being right, uh, you know, shooting it basically on the ground. Um, but it wasn't safe to do it with a real F-14, so <laughs> they did as much as they could for real. You know, the POV is real because you need that plate of the sky, that, and that's when he crashed, but the, like, seeing the actual plane is, you know, it's against real sky, it's a physical model, but it's only, you know, six feet long or whatever. Yeah, but at, you know, like it, like we say, it's a it's a calculated risk, and there's certain ones that, you know, you know there's a chance, but then there's ones that that is more of a chance <clears throat> of something going bad. So, you know, when in doubt, if you can do the model, if you can get it right, which they got it in a way where you definitely weren't watching, going, oh, this looks yeah. weird. Oh, this you know? suddenly it's a model. <laughs> right, right. Well, you don't just like see the fishing line hanging. Yeah. And, like, you know, it's it's not like that. So, you know, but still, ha- but it's still a real thing, even though it's a model. It's still it's a real thing, a real in front of object. a real camera. Yeah, right. So there, there still is that bit of realism that you don't get if you you were to do it CG. Now, now, well, I say now they would do it a certain way, but uh-huh. well, I think we'll I think they've when we you know right. we're a couple of weeks from the. From, the from new one coming what out, I, so <laughs> yeah, from what I've seen and f- from what little I have read, like I I don't watch trailers anymore, mm-hmm. um, uh, which I think I told you why. It's a stupid reason and from a stupid movie, but it ruined a really good joke, and I don't watch trailers. Oh, <laughs> I mostly don't watch. They give away a lot often, you know. Right. So one, if I ever watch a trailer, it's only. Like the fifteen to thirty second teaser they send out, like when Ghostbusters, when they, you know, they show you could see Ecto one, like that you could see like the plate of the car. Oh yeah, for Afterlife. Remember, yeah. yeah, remember, remember that teaser. Yeah, like that was it. And beyond that, whenever they released another trailer, I didn't watch it because it all goes back to Sausage Party. Oh which, right, you have told that story. I have no, I can't. It's which, really, it's a really early episode. I can't remember which so one. So for but. for anybody who hasn't heard it, it's really quick. But in Sausage Party, which is I, I I'll admit is a stupid movie. It's, it goes crazy. <laughs> it's your weird kind directions, of stupid though. But it is hilarious at times, and it's funny if you're into those type of movies. It's a great version of those type of movies. But anyway, during the trailer. The there was a very just the comedic timing of the joke when the the like the jelly and I don't know if it was jelly and peanut butter they like they his wife like broke and with the jelly was everywhere and he's like holding the pieces up and he's like I can fix you and just the timing of it was hilarious and just the way it was chaos going on and it went to that it was just perfect comedic timing and they showed that in the trailer and it ruined one of the best like funniest comedic timing moments of the movie so when it finally happened in the movie i was like oh i already saw that mm-hmm. i mean it's often the and, case with trailers for comedies that they put the best jokes in the trailer and- right right so a- ever since then i li- i do not watch trailers anymore mm-hmm. and even people send them to me they're like oh they just released the trailer for such and such i'm like that's fine i'm going to watch the movie regardless yeah. i'd rather not see the trailer i did like if i if i if i know i'm going to go see the movie i don't need to see the trailer mm-hmm. After like, after we see Maverick, you should watch the trailer because it is a good trailer. But 
I, uh, I think I've seen. I, there's very little information in it, but it's it's really just like an emotion. Like you, like Top Gun's great, right? They use like the little bits of the music in the right places, and like yeah. Tom Cruise smiles appropriately, and it's it's a really well made trailer that doesn't really that I still have no idea what is going to happen in the movie or what it's going to. So be about. I think I I have seen the first uh, trailer they released, like that. I think the one you're talking about. Because, like I said, if I do, it's I always watch the first one because they usually don't give us stuff yeah. away in the first. Sometimes one. they don't even Whenever have you, everything. Right. Whenever you see trailer number two and it's like three minutes long, yeah. stay They're away. Like international. Stay away. Trailer. Yeah. There. Yeah. So I think much. I did see the one you're talking about where there was just snippets of the music. You see him yeah. and like, and that was enough. And at that point, okay, I've decided I'm going to watch the movie. I don't need to see another trailer after that. I'd rather just be surprised at whatever else comes up. I don't need any more reveals. I don't need yeah. snippets of something that I can be like, oh, oh, oh there's a there's crash going to happen. Yeah. There's this, this is going to happen, you know, because then the whole movie, I'm like, well, when does that scene yeah, from the trailer going to happen? Gonna happen? Yeah. So, well, that's the thing, you know, like J.J. Abrams makes his trailers like he shoots things that are only in the trailer and doesn't use them. in the, Like, do you remember the Super 8 trailer that where it's like this, like, crazy alternate like one shot angle of the train crash yes it's not yes, in the movie it, at all yep yep <laughs> um which i'm, I'm kind of fine with that i but I, for me i love the vague trailers like yeah just let me let me know it's gonna exist give me a little nugget of something and then just let it be yeah i don't need to be sold on it i'm already gonna watch no. it no i'm gonna watch <laughs> I'm gonna watch a Top Gun movie if it comes out. Like I'm gonna watch it. And uh, and as technology goes on, it's harder and harder to avoid spoilers. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, of like especially when there's like like gone are the days really that they could surprise you with an actor that shows up in a movie. Yeah. And you I remember that from. <laughs> yeah, I remember that from when Boondock Saints two came out, and. A uh, minor spoiler coming up for that if you haven't seen it, or for so those who haven't I seen it. I feel like um, we've but, discussed yeah, that we disagree probably, about but, those. We've probably mentioned it before. <laughs> but the the moment still of having of of Willem Dafoe showing up because they did such an amazing job. Yeah, of, you didn't know of basically confirming that he was not in it. Yeah, and then all of a sudden you just hear his voice at the end. Like it was such a great reveal. It was amazing that they were able to do that. And it was just like, I just don't know if they could, if you could do that anymore. Well, they still try sometimes and often they just lie. Like they just say, oh no, they're not in it or they're not playing that character or something. And then you see the movie and they are. And so then you're just angry at them because they lied to you. Um, it would have been I feel, better. I feel like just I just know. watched something that had that. What am I thinking? Of? Uh-huh. Well, I mean, the like the the example everybody uses is um is Benedict Cumberbatch is Khan in the second Abrams Star Trek movie, and they like absolutely denied it. They gave him some stupid other name, and then like it's supposed to be this big reveal in the thing, and everybody's like, uh huh, yeah, that's what we thought, and you just lied to us for a year. So <laughs> there are plenty of well, reasons actually- to be angry while watching Into Darkness, but. It didn't need an extra one, but that is an extra one. Which, which is, you know, which is why I also I don't pay attention to that stuff or or articles about it or anything. So like when the Spider Man movie came out, uh, the um, oh the la- the recent one, yeah, no, where it home. had like yeah, yeah the people you from know, every version, yeah, and I didn't know, I didn't know. All I knew was there was like a possibility of something, but I purposely avoided everything. Yeah, so like. 
I had no idea if, you know, Tobey Maguire or anybody was in it. Like, as far as I knew, they were not in it. Like, maybe they'll reference them. You know, like how some movies do that where they'll, like, reference the old guys, yeah. but they're not actually in it. There's a and, picture of Sean Connery and Crystal Skull. Right. That's what I mean. So it's like they, they like, it's like a half-assed cameo where they're like, look, we're going to acknowledge they exist, but they're not actually going to show up. So that's kind of what I was, like, going for. So, like, there was that moment that kind of uh, brought me back to that moment in the theater of Boondock Saints 2. Because that was another movie where people were such diehard fans of it. When stuff happened, like, the theater reacted. Yeah. Which is, like, regardless if you like the movie or, or not, having that fan base and, and yeah. just, like, the the joy and reaction from the crowd is just, like, you can't. You can't like fake that. Yeah. And and it's really hard to organically do anymore. So in yeah. certain parts of Spider Man, like it was it was kind of like that. And it was like the closest that I've ever gotten since then to a reveal like that. So I purposely try to avoid any conversations or talks of trailers just in case there's something that, you know, comes up that, that we didn't know was gonna come up. And and people go and dig for it. Like some people want to know. And like I'm the opposite. I rather watch it and just just be in the moment and be surprised at what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. You know, That's <clears throat> like I don't. I haven't done any. Do. the The only thing I know <clears throat> about this, like the new Top Gun, is a lot of it was shot practically, like in the jets and stuff. So I, I'm excited that they're they seem to be kind of sticking to that. Yeah, that well, real, and it's, realism and aspect. It's Tom Cruise, so and he does, you know, have real like practical things in his other recent movies so it's yeah like so he in in for it. yeah so in that sense i am excited because it does seem like they they want to kind of go along the same route because it would be a shame to take that idea and just and just totally like modernize it and not try to do things practically you know yeah so I I'd like to see where that goes, but yeah, I, I'm not. I I don't care if they release any other trailers. Not watching them. Yeah, I, I've seen enough. I'm gonna I'm gonna watch the movie. I didn't even need to watch the first one. No, you know, it, <laughs> I think I was at somebody's house and they were playing it. And like, what am yeah. I gonna do? Run out of the room? So you know, but I don't seek out the. Information I didn't watch on my it, own. but then we went to see uh, Sonic the Hedgehog two. We took the kids to see it. And oh, and it so it's like playing that, in the theater. So like, oh, okay. Well, I'll I'll see. And it it is good. It's it's a good theater trailer too. Um, yeah, because it's gonna be a you know a good theater movie. Uh, yeah, and then the music. And you we'll know, see. Like... I'll go ahead and and put it here just so that there's evidence of it. But I told Brittany already that it's fairly likely that they're going to play the theme, the the Harold Falkenmeyer, you know, the, the like guitar theme, and there's. You know, probably a seventy percent chance that I'm gonna cry. <laughs> like, it's, it's gonna be like unless they've like screwed up until whenever they get that. You know, they could totally ruin it. But, um, you know, wanting to trust them to do it right, and like hearing that people who saw it at the festival premiere didn't think that it was terrible. Um, I I yeah. hope that, you know I'm like I'm I'm probably good. I'm gonna cry. They're gonna play the theme. I'm gonna cry. Uh, and so well, so I mean we'll see. it's. It has that potential. It's one of those type of movies that if they do it right, mm-hmm. and it's been so long in coming, you know, you know, I've seen it. I've told the story before. I think uh, probably several times because it ha- tends to come up. But you know, I've seen Top Gun. I don't know, probably, you know, somewhere between five and ten times. I think, 
Um, but my sister's uh, first husband, Chad, was... He would have been 15 when it came out, I think. And, um, and he saw it 87 times in the theater. Wow. Which is uh, so many times to see anything. <laughs> uh, and, but the thing, you know, and that sounds crazy now, but, you know, you know, now a movie comes out and makes, you know, $500 million in the first two weeks and then it goes away. Um, you know, and it goes overseas and, you know, plays for a while, but like we lose it here, you know, pretty fast. But like movies used to play for like, you know, six, eight months if they were popular. And so there's, there's just so, there was, used to be so much more opportunity to re-see things or for people to see things the first time way after they were out, if they didn't know that they cared at first. And, uh, so, you know, I, I doubt that this one is going to you know, play for however many weeks this one did, but there's still, you know, there might be, there might be somebody that goes to see it 87 times, but I think it's much less likely. <laughs> um, yeah. Especially with the prices. Oh now. yeah. The prices. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what, uh, you know, there's, you know, inflation conversion and stuff, but even still, I think the ratio was probably smaller back back then how much is it how much is a standard movie ticket now oh trying to think how much i paid last time twelve dollars something like that so let's just go on the low we'll just say twelve dollars times 87 you know and that's if there's no (laughs) if there's no 3d or you know no imax no dolby now you're talking 15 20 (laughs) dollars but yeah so just at 12 dollars you're talking about almost a little over a thousand dollars yeah to watch it 87 times. <laughs> Which seems unlike, you know, back then, you know, it might have been like, you know, a dollar or two. Um, yeah. Yeah, with inflation, it might be like, you know, it might be four or five, five dollars. Yeah. yeah. But, so <laughs> no, still. inflation is not kept up. Not kept up. Uh, and um, also speaking of the, you know, we'll talk about the music because we have to talk about the music. I, The music is another thing I think that often makes summer movies feel like they do you know it's you know it might be big action and like uh you know maybe they're sweaty but you know this has the like the great theme and score by Harold Faulkner Meyer and it just has a bunch of really great songs like you know Mighty Wings playing with the boys of course Danger Zone is the one everybody knows but there's uh you know if you have the deluxe edition of the soundtrack uh which I do have there's there's like 16 songs on it um which, you know, there's, there's, like, the real version of Great Balls of Fire, which doesn't really... Like, it plays very briefly in the movie, but mostly they sing it. Uh, and just to anchor it back to Doctor Who for a second, I won't tell you... <laughs> well, I, I guess I, I don't have to tell you what the solution is, but I can tell you what the thing was. I figured out who River was because mm-hmm. of music. Really? So like, I, and which I should have told you, I, I didn't know you were rewatching it or you could have watched for it, but they actually use music that's attached specifically to River in other places that lets you piece, they use it actually thematically in a like really complicated way that if you're really paying attention and like listening to what themes and motifs and stuff they use, sometimes you can get clues to things that they're, uh, that they're mysterying 
for a while. Interesting. So. I do remember there being songs with lyrics about River. Oh, it, yeah. No, it's not that. It's just score. Okay. Okay. Interesting. No, I didn't know all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's nothing like this. There's not. It, it, there's nothing like that in this. There's nothing that complicated. Uh, you know, the the most thematic thing they do is they do use "Take My Breath Away." to represent any time that there's romantic <laughs> business taking place. Um, which I guess might seem to some people, especially now, to be a little heavy-handed and maybe uh, maybe an overuse. Um, I could see it being something done in like a comedy parody type thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's the thing. That, that's one of the things that I want this, this series to sort of be about is these like big... And what the whole show has kind of been about the whole time is that you know, watching the things that are where things come from before they were, like, made fun of because they hadn't been done a ton of times. And, like, you know, this, of course, is a movie that has so many things in it, in it that are referenced and made fun of all over the place. Um, and, you know, sometimes to, to, to great comedic effect and, you know, character effect if it's something like Archer... Um, because like Archer references things that are Top Gun frequently and Kenny Loggins things frequently. So, uh, and they get a, a bunch of mileage out of references to Top Gun and Smokey and the Bandit and things like that. Um, that, um, it's important to remember that you, that it wasn't always that nobody sat in top. Well, some people, I guess critics were kind of mixed on it. So maybe some people sat in the theater in 86 and, looked at this thing and were like, well, this is kind of goofy. Um, but it's still, it's possible if you let yourself to, you know, take it seriously on its own terms, kind of, uh, which, which Tony Scott described as a, a piece of rock and roll. Um, and it was a piece of rock and roll, this movie, and it was a, a pure rock and roll, hand in the popcorn, should be fun ride and try and put the audience into, into the cockpit of one of these jets. Uh, when he, that's what he was thinking of when he directed because he had directed music videos before and commercials and stuff and he actually had directed a Saab commercial where a fighter jet raced a Saab and that was what Jerry Bruckheimer saw and made him think that this was the guy to direct this movie because they couldn't find anything recent that anyone had directed with actual jets being filmed. Uh, <laughs> so, like, you did that commercial. <laughs> so like, oh, so. you're the guy that had the jet in the car commercial. <laughs> uh, which the studio was very nervous about because the movie that he directed just prior to this, which this is only Tony Scott's second movie. His first movie was called The Hunger, which is a very, like, serious, introspective movie about, like, sad vampires and... Before he it sounds like it just from the title. <laughs> Before he came to the idea of doing it as a as as a a piece of rock and roll, it's a piece of rock and roll. He um he when he first read it and or and and they told him the premise, he was like, well, it'll we'll set it on the aircraft carrier. It'll be kind of like Apocalypse Now, but the Navy and set on an aircraft carrier, and it'll be like dark, and people will have like psychological problems. And they were like, no, that's not what we're doing. We're we want it to be, you know. You know, we're shooting it with real planes high in the air, and it's going to be action and exciting and rock music. And he was like, "Oh, so it's like a, it's like a, a music, v- okay." And so, <laughs> so he figured it out. Um, and, but then you know, there's things. Some of the things that I really like about it are the things that people kind of make fun of and are like, "Oh, that's gay." They're like playing volleyball and posing and stuff, and they're all sweaty. And uh, you know, Val Kilmer's <laughs> like, like 
like knocking his teeth together at at uh, Tom Cruise and like but the one of the things that I like about it and think that makes it sort of different from other things that would come after and even other things at the time is that it's kind of a it's a movie that is you know it's kind of a sports movie more than it's a military movie there's not very much uh, actual combat just at the end because even yeah, at the beginning they don't like- shoot at each other uh, yeah, it's just the guys like doing their. You, you could interchange interchange that for like any sport, and say you got locker rooms, you got you yeah. know the like the rivalry type stuff going on. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, no, I could definitely see that it's like a it's like a sports movie, just like a you've ramped it up from that to fighter jets. But like, I like that it's a bunch of guys doing what's considered a like really manly job, you know, fighter piloting and and that they're kind of at each other's throats, but they do also kind of like, they do associate with each other and they do have fun and they do care about each other when something serious happens. And even as like the enemy as Val Kilmer is supposed to be, he's like, you're going to get somebody killed and I don't want that to happen because that'll be sad for you too. And like, I know it's tough, you know, when, you know, spoilers, goose dies uh, and it's really sad, but like, it is really sad and it is hard for him. And like that whole, that whole section there is one of the things that gets ripped off a lot in sort of less obvious ways. Like it's kind of what Anchorman does in like the second half and Talladega Nights even where like the thing happens and he loses all his confidence and can't get back on the horse and then has to for some big uh, climactic event. Uh, You know, I think it's maybe less exciting when it's, hosting the news than it is when it's like oh the they never tell us who the enemy is it's somebody vague it's a vague communist country that we never see their faces which i think is an interesting thing too about the military moviness of it um that the enemy is kind of like you know it's just in it it could be somebody we're not like oh it's china or it's korea or, or somebody we're not like using it. it's not red dawn um, yeah, it's <laughs> which is nothing wrong with Red Dawn, and we may do it as part of this series. I don't know, but um, it's it's just a sort of like yeah, they're in the military, but we're not at war right now, and it's really just kind of about keeping sharp, and uh, you know they have to shoot first before we can shoot, and so that it's not really a, a like um, it's not it, it's a military movie kind of, but it's not a like gung ho military movie. It's it's not. It's yeah, because there's not like or something. war. Yeah, there's yeah. no war. Um, I guess maybe it's kind of about the sort of state of the military that we've had kind of since World War II and maybe Vietnam that like there's no war, but we still kind of act like it. <laughs> They're still deploying the ships and keeping everybody, you know, we're like we're, war could come at any time and we got to watch out for it. Uh, Which it is interesting that, oh, they did a you know, military movie, essentially, that didn't involve some sort of war or long extended, like, you know, in battle stuff. Like they had the, the short kind of action sequences of, you know, the planes flying and having to shoot exercises. Right. It's not until the last five minutes that we get actual combat with real guns and enemies. And then they let one go. They let the last one go. They don't ch- chase him down and kill him because that's what we should do. They're like, oh, he's not going to bother us anymore. We'll just let him go. And yeah, they took out enough where they ran. They were like, okay, they're they're running. The rest are running. Like it's fine. So it was like it it for it being a 
military kind of centered thing, it wasn't war centered. So it's it's also interesting in that because usually every time there's like a war movie, they're like, okay, <laughs> it did explosions, killing people, like it's there's always like. It's heavily focused on the battle part of it. Yeah, where I feel like this was the battle part of it was very small. I mean, even the way Goose died was not battle. No, it was totally accidental, and like no one was to blame for it. Really, it was just a thing that happens sometimes with airplanes. So yeah, and like you can even argue that like like it kind of sucked. His death was lame. Like he kind of like hit his head on the way out. Like it wasn't even like yeah, he didn't like it, it know, wasn't die some like valiant some, yeah. yeah. Like he sac- like ejected himself into the intake of the other plane and took him down. Like yeah, that's how it would be. That's how it would be if that movie was made. Yeah, in, it's in, not Randy to, Quaid today. at the end of Independence Day. Like the- <laughs> right, right. Today it'd be like, what are you doing? He ejects out of it, and you just see him get like sucked up into the intake and just like sprayed out the back. But then the plane explodes, and they're like, he did it. Yeah. You know, that's how it would be now. Yeah. Like there has to be a major sacrifice to try to pull at heartstrings. But they were able to do that with him just, like, bonking his head on the yeah. way out of the plane. And you spend enough time with him as people that we care that he gets killed, even though it's not in any, like, in a, right, it's which an, I, in a low-stakes situation, but it, it's high stakes. I mean, stakes he could have literally, like he could have, yeah, he could have choked on a pretzel yeah. <laughs> while up in the plane, and it still would have been sad. Yeah. Like, that, that was the thing. Like, they made his death sad because there was a death, not, like... Um, how it happened. Yeah. What else was I thinking of? <laughs> That's what I was trying to think of. I was just like, is there, I'm sure um, there's much more we could say. I don't know if we should oh, say yeah, or if there's yeah. like, if that's where we go to start, if that's a segment break or what. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I will, I was going to say, I don't know if it was going to cut out. Uh, I like, um, speaking of summer movies and Top Gun, are we going to do, uh, the Top Gun NASCAR? The what? I have not seen this movie, and I'm disappointed that I have not seen this movie. It is basically Tom Cruise, Top Gun, oh, but Oh, Days of Thunder? Yes. I've never I've seen, seen it. I've not seen that. I, it's, okay. it's on the shelf. I keep you know meaning to what we can <laughs> if you want okay. to. Okay, we should definitely do that, especially in this, it, like, yeah. because that was done in 1990, so only a couple of years after Top Gun, and so I'll have to send you the package. I don't know if I sent I don't think I sent it to you. Um... When I covered the Daytona 500 with um, with our um, weather guy, so he told me he was like, we want he wanted to put together like a, this little sequence off the top of the package with like um, him in the NASCAR, but he's like, I want the music from Days of Thunder, because he's like, it's like everybody will know from like Days of Thunder. I'm like, and and the way he described it, I'm like, like he basically described it as like Top Gun but NASCAR. So I was like. Now I'm interested. So I we got the music and we did build it and kind of made this little sequence off the top with like the Days of Thunder music. Similar to like I am I similar to what I imagine if you got to ride in a jet and we use the Top Gun music. Uh-huh. So yeah. I think it was that type, but I haven't seen the movie and I don't even, I didn't even know it existed. So I don't I don't understand how it like went past the radar I think it and I never that popular when it came out so it, it's never you know people mention it from time to time but it's it hasn't been as prominent as some of the yeah, other Tom he Cruise was, movies he was explaining it to me and he's like it's Tom Cruise and everything and I was like how have I never heard of this or it's never came up 
And it's not like I was like, st- I used to go to the NASCAR races every year. It's not like I wasn't in that world, you know, where like, yeah, I should have known it well, existed. Well, is it NASCAR so. or is it like F1 cars or something? No, it's I, it's NASCAR. I don't, I don't know if they call it NASCAR, but it's definitely those like stock, oh, yeah, car stock cars, type. Yeah. yeah, it's not it's not like F1 or Indy cars or anything like that. So, um, uh, so I I think we should do that, especially since we've done Top Gun. Now <laughs> now I want to do it, and it's Tom Cruise of the same era, but yeah, with NASCAR. So I'm kind of interested to watch it, especially uh, upon the recommendation of. The other thing, and it, I think there's like a similar feel. It seems from what I'm hearing from people, uh-huh. like a similar like the like the score and everything. It has a kind like, of I, ridiculous um, uh, poster like like tagline. It says, "What's the tag?" I know I've seen it. What's can't the tagline? Run the thunder. Yeah, I mean that's a, that could be a tagline for fucking <laughs> Top Gun. Well, and okay, so in continuing connections, it is Tom Cruise. It's also directed by Tony Scott and produced by Jerry Bruckheimer and Don Simpson for Paramount. So, like, it is like oh, so it's everyone. The same it's the same people. Uh, it has See, it has a Hans Zimmer score rather than a um, a Harold Falkenmeyer score, but uh, it's. I mean, it's got to be similar. Then, if it's the same people that made yeah. it, you know that different it, writers. Top but Gun was only very similar. Top Gun was only four years before that. You know, it's in the back of their mind. They're like, we got Tom Cruise. We we got like some sort of fast paced thing. Like, yeah, it's so. See now, now, and it's like now we have literally to sports. So it's not no, just it like is. adjacently it is. Now sports. It is. It's literally sports. Uh, it is I wonder a if that's what romantic it sports action drama film. Apparently. Uh, so is Top so Gun. So is Top Gun. I know. I should have put romance in here. It wasn't in the list, and I don't usually add things that it doesn't say. But, like, I mean, that's something we haven't talked that much about. That's another thing about well, it. Is the that, whole like, movie was based about the It's a tough romance. guy like, that was, like... That is, like, I am going to, like, not play any more volleyball because I have a girl to go see. Uh, so. Yeah. <laughs> the, the whole movie, like, was based around this romance. So the fact that it's not mentioned is kind of interesting because it kind of... The main kind of other thing tugging at it was that. Yeah. Well, I'm, one of the things that people sort of accuse Top Gun of is having a sort of minimal amount of story. That it is a lot of just like aerial action and occasionally people talk to each other between, and it's not, there's not a lot to it. But I think there's enough to it that it, that it functions emotionally and that it does make you care about the people. I think people get so wrapped up in if it's an action movie, it has to be like ninety eight point nine percent action, and if it's like a story, you know, like a driven movie, there has to be this like deep connected story. Yeah. It's like can't anything just be good? Like <laughs> you have a little bit of this, little of that. I mean, look at it. Look at the the following behind it. Look at the popularity of it. Obviously, people like that style. Yeah, it doesn't have to be like grossly one or the other it can be a little bit of everything just to be like to satisfy the little bit of the romance people to satisfy the action people but not too much where people who are like okay that's too much I, i'm not about that you know you kind of like you can you like that yeah. i think that's why it has a lot of popularity is two people can watch it and get two different things from the movie yeah like like let's say man and woman are watching it and or guy and guy, whatever. Who two people are watching it? One's like, oh, they're they're following like the romance of it, and then somebody else is following the action of it. So there's like enough peppered in of each one. That yeah. You well, can, it, you know, it's what you they, can each like. It's what it. they used to call a four quadrant picture, where you know it has something for 
you know, for the for the old and young men and women, you know, that's the four the four quadrants, you know, men and women, boys and girls, like it hits everybody. And yeah, and that's the other thing. Let's say you're a kid watching it and you like you're not really interested in the um, storyline. You just like to see the fighter yeah. jets. Well, and, and that's boom, what happened. We, we watched it with Jace when we watched it. And, like, you know, he would get a little restless sometimes when there would be long talking parts or when it was, you know, romantic for too long. But um, but he still sat through the whole thing and did enjoy it, he said. So, uh, you know, and he's a 10-year-old in 2022. So, you know, 36 right. years later, it's it's still, you know, held on to him enough. And, you know, I thought it was still big and exciting and, and stuff. Yeah, so. and then... And then somebody who's interested in one more than the other, it doesn't get lost so much where it's like there's one thing of action through the whole movie so people get completely bored. Like it, it peppers enough in that that I think it appeals to such a broad audience is probably why it's had such a impact and such a following. And um, mm. I'm interested to see if, uh, if they can do it again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So how do we feel about stars? Oh, stars. So there's much more we can say, and we may, we, you know, we may continue to discuss Top Gun as we continue on these summer episodes. Uh, but, uh, Probably. We'll have to compare it, especially especially if we do Days of Thunder. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um, stars. How many stars do we do again? It's been so long. Five. Five, that's right. Five, five, five. Uh, you know... Uh, you know what? I'm just I'm gonna go with a with a solid four. Oh, what brings it down? Because I, uh, you know, it's I want to reserve. I, I don't know. It's I guess it because it wasn't like something that was just something like lifelong, where it's just always been like a staple. Oh yeah. So, but it ha- you know, it's it has been something that you know that I saw a long time ago, saw again, and it does have, have like certain feelings attached to it. But I guess I, I guess because of other movies that have like the higher regard, I guess like by default, I have to bring it below. <laughs> movies, so you, that's you, I guess, movies you have in a higher regard. Right, like movies that I feel more like, like of course, you know, my like Men in Black and stuff, where I like, you know have certain ones in like Back to the Future where I'm just like 20 stars. Which like those count. So those I've, are both summer things. We've already done the Back to the Future movies. We haven't done the Men in Black movies, but Oh, we have Oh, see oh, we we should definitely do Men in Black cuz that that was another one where for me like part 3 just just really I liked three, wrapped yeah. it up and like part 3 like I I'm not I liked it. I didn't who, love 3. I liked it. I I think they muddied so, the universe a little bit with the like he was always watching him and stuff but So I I understand what you're saying in that but I think it's like like for me as you know like really no movies have like caused me to tear up. Like I'm not quick Oh Oh, I cry that all the emotion. time. <laughs> no, I know, I know. That's what I'm saying. Like for me, <laughs> that emotion doesn't really come to the surface watching movies because although they can pull at certain things and I can I can feel it, it doesn't like manifest in that way. 
And it mostly never has, but I will say there are very, very, very few movies that have ever, like, almost fucking breached the surface. (laughs) And Men in Black 3, in, in that very specific, like, scene, was, like, was there. And, like, if it didn't breach, it was... I mean, the dams were about to break. Like, it was... Like, and not many movies have that. So I have to, like, remember stuff like that when I, like... When I'm talking about other ones. So it's like, while that will be there at the five, it's like, I can't put something else on that level because it didn't have the same effect. So it's like, I have to, like, scale it. Like, I I think it deserves a high four. Like, if we did half stars and (laughs) point nines, like, it's up there. It's certainly a very strong just below the five, but because we stick to the rules here, it has to be a four. Uh-huh. You know, although uh, muddying up the rules, it is a strong four. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, yeah, you know, which we've is done about that, as much as we we've can, done that right yeah. from the beginning. We've we've right, with but the that, light that, and, that, yeah, that's that's about as much as I can cheat. That is is <laughs> is saying it's a uh-huh. very strong four. Because there are ones that just breach into the four, and there are ones that I'm like, I'd like to give it a five, but I technically can't because this other thing is a five, and I know that's higher than that, so I have to differentiate it. Yeah. Um. But, but yeah, so I have to put it there. Okay, so it's it's tough because like I do really like you know I like it enough that like just playing the music at the appropriate time in a sequel to it if it's done well you know might make me cry so like it's obviously (laughs) like it is an important movie to me and so like my impulse is to just say five but I don't know like like (laughs) like you make a reasonable argument about the like relativeness of things but I mean you can have as many things you know that's the whole premise of the favorite 50 is that like it's there's so many things that are your favorite things that um, yeah, there's a lot that I would deem a five. Like, there is a lot, but I have to, like, I. that's why for me, I, I have to, like, be like, okay, on that scale of the other ones that are fives. Yeah. You know? So it, that's going to be subjective. All right, I'm just going to say it. It's five. <laughs> it's five. It might, I guess maybe, you know... If you the were fact like that you have to think about it that much, it might be a light five, I guess. Which I don't know if that's a thing we've ever said before. <laughs> well, it, 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 valid. I don't know. Valid, but it makes sense because you're like you understand where your threshold of a five is. Yeah, and I just don't want to seem like I have a low threshold or something. No, no, and that's why, like, that's why I felt like I had to really explain why I said four because I don't want it to sound like it's not five worthy, I guess. It's more of subjective on the scale of what Mm -hmm. I have already rated a five or what I view as like a five. It's not as seminal to you as it may be to... Right, right. See, and I think that plays a lot into it as well. Like, I, there probably won't be this... I mean, I don't know. I, I haven't seen the second one, obviously. <laughs> um, yeah. What so if it's better than the than the first one? That's the thing. I don't know how they're going to tie it in. Like I said, Men in Black 3, the way they did it, totally unexpected in how it was, like, emotionally effective. 
So I don't really know. I could come back and revise it and, and be like, okay, now the way it, t-, you know what I mean? Like I, I, I don't know without the second one and how they're going to tie into it. It could have a similar emotional effect. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, like that, that stuff is always going to be subjective. It's, it's, so I think it's fully valid in, uh, rating it however you rate it. See you next time. See ya. I kind of like shows like that because they still do mostly everything practical when it comes to the face-to-face characters. Yeah. And so... Well, what do they... You're... Are you current? Uh, or? yeah. I actually... Funny. I actually just watched the most current Doctor Who episode today. Okay. Because like Which I've was, only seen up through... I think maybe I'm in season five or six, something like that. Who? Six. Let's see. It's um, who's well, maybe, the doctor? <laughs> uh, now I gotta even remember. Oh, it's still um, it's still Smith. It's like the second oh, so Smith you... season, I think. Second or oh, third. Oh wow! Smith so season. you haven't even got to Peter Capaldi? No, not yet. It's the oh uh, yeah no, and J- Jody Whittaker's season just like this was the last episode yeah, for her. They they uh they just announced the the casting for the next one. Yes, and honestly. I think he's going to be fucking amazing <laughs> because I, after watching Doctor Who for so long and I just re- went all back through it, I, I think I started in, in February because oh. I, I, I wanted to watch the Jodie Whittaker season and, but I had, it had been so long, I forgot most of the, like, the storyline. So I literally started back from, you know, or when it, you know, 2005 basically yeah Bla- blasted all back through it. And caught back up and just finished it now. And then just in time for them to announce the new one. So, but I think he's going to be great because I see him, I saw him in the show Sex Education. And just his energy in that character as far as like him as an actor, um, I think he's going to play a perfect doctor. Um, Because he has, I mean, he has obviously an accent. Uh, he grew up in Scotland, I believe it was. So he has the accent. Um, 
and he has like that real high energy kind of like the um it, like I feel like he'll be a blend of like the David Tennant and Matt Smith. Oh. Which David Tennant is kind of I think regarded as one of the best ones. Yeah. I like I, the, I did don't like the first guy. Like Tennant for that much. Really? I I you know I feel bad cuz I keep forgetting the the, the first guy's name Eccleston. even though I, He's my right. favorite still. I that, don't know why I keep forgetting his name, but he... Because he only got one season, so... Right, so he is one of my favorites. So, like, I did... I think he was very underrated as the Doctor, so... I think so, too. He was very good. David Tennant was... I I, I was my favorite. I did like them all. Like, honestly... And Peter Capaldi, I was actually, like, when they announced him, because it was, I'm like interested these, to see what I think of him. Of uh, Peter? Yeah. Peter Capaldi. So... You, hey, do you have you seen the Pompeii episode yet? I believe it's Matt yeah. Smith. No, that's okay. that's. Uh, let me let me look it up real quick because I, I don't want to like that's um, anything. No, that's Tenet. It is. That, yeah, because that's the like that's when I think I start not liking him because that's when he starts being like I don't have to follow the rules anymore. You know, time's not the boss of me, and because uh, he does something that he thinks is against the like that it's an anchor point um um yeah i think that was tenant i'm trying to google it now yeah well it has to be because donna's there okay yeah i don't like donna either well, very much but oh my god donna was like you know what's, <laughs> what's funny is i hated her more before when i wa- when i walked back through it I, I didn't hate her as much oh but i remember her i remember very much not liking her um so yeah, if that's the David. So you've seen Doctor the, Who, <laughs> yeah. But you've so you've seen the 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 um the the Pompeii episode, yeah. Then. But you so you know Peter Capaldi's in that episode. Oh yeah, I think yeah uh, yeah that's right he is yeah. Which they do explain that because I I didn't remember them explaining that um when I watched through it the first time because then I watched it and I'm like wait a minute. <laughs> uh-huh. But then they actually do explain it in a very in actually a very good way. Uh-huh. But um. Yeah, Peter Capaldi, when they announced him, I was like, oh, they're going from, like, these two kind of young, energetic guys to, like, this old guy, and uh, that transition, that- angry that, that he regenerated, and- So, that regener- like, that transition in the entire uh, universe, whatever the hell you call it, uh-huh. <laughs> of the current, obviously, I haven't watched, like, the ones uh, in, like- The new the universe. 60s, yeah. So, in this current, um, gener- or not gener- you know, current. Yeah iteration of it whatever um that transition from uh, matt smith to peter capaldi is probably the best transition between all the doctors all the all the regenerations so curious to see what you think about it as well because i went into it thinking like oh this is gonna suck and peter capaldi ended up being one of my favorite ones Mm. um uh and still on the fence of Jodie Whittaker, she kind of, she's good, but... Well, I, I, I've I, heard that she's fine, but the writing during her seasons is that's that honestly, great. Yeah, that's what it is. It's her, the way they dealt with the companions and the way they like, yeah, the writing, like, I, I think it, it kind of did a disservice to her. She was good as the doctor, but I think her support... As far as the writing and um, the episodes and stuff, I, I, it it didn't really help do her as much justice as I think she could have done. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, she had she had a big kind of big shoes to fill because 
up until her, the the um the doctor has been, you know, pretty much just like a white guy. Yeah. And <laughs> so it was like, and then they did went with the they went with the old guy with with Peter, but um, I mean, going from that to a young blonde woman like that that that's huge difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and she held her own. She did very good. Um, but yeah, I think I think it suffered a bit with the writing that year. So I'm I'm excited that not only I think their actor choice is going to be phenomenal with this guy because I've seen him in other stuff and he mm-hmm. has the energy that I think is perfect to be the doctor. So depending on what they do with it, um, not you know, you never know what they can do these days. I don't I don't know how they're gonna go, but like just from seeing his other acting. And they're, and they're also bringing back um, uh, what what's his name um, Russell um, Russell, Russell T Davies yeah 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 so he was on all you know a lot of the original stuff so yeah having him back and someone who looks like a solid choice for the Doctor I'm I'm excited for the next um, generation of the Doctor so really cool to see what they are gonna do with that yeah um, and now they're going with obviously I mean obviously they've had uh, they went. Now they're going from blonde woman to young black guy. So it's yeah, like, so. <laughs> but they they've long established that the doctor can be anyone. So be anyone, any gender, any race. So it's like, yeah. you know, for anybody who has any issue with that, it's already been established that the doctor doesn't have a gender, doesn't have necessarily a sexual preference or anything like that. So yeah, you know, it, it, and. For me, it's more about like, can you be the doc? Can you portray that personality? So uh-huh. I think, I but I think just from what I've limited, I've seen from that actor, I I think he's gonna do great with it. So, and then it, co- combining that with someone who's you know had past history of of good writing, yeah, I'm excited for for no, uh, I I always like generation writing better than Stephen Moffat. I've li- I, I like did like Stephen Moffat. He did he always did like the longer you know whenever like big two part episodes. But both of them, they were like both of them were the yeah they brought like, it my back favorite together. episodes. Yeah, it was both so, of them for a while. Yeah, so now I'm really excited to see what they do with the next season because they they got some good writers back. They have um, you know, a, an actor who I think is is gonna be a good doctor, and uh, yeah, gonna be interesting. Anyway, uh-huh. next week on <laughs> Who Talk or whatever uh-huh. the fuck. <laughs> anyway, what did we, we watch? What did we do? Um, right? Well, did we? Uh... You know, so we have to. <laughs> well, I mean, I um, haven't seen Afterlife, but apparently both of the new recent Ghostbusters are. Dis- I mean, even Ghostbusters 2, most people don't like. And it's only five so years you, after the first one, so like doing another thing yeah, is hard to do. Uh, I really like the second one, also. Um, so many people you, don't. You ha- you haven't seen the newest one? No, yet? I've got the I've got it in the box set. I I bought like I pre ordered the like limited edition like like comes in the like ghost trap looking box and has the like work print or like oh, of the first cool. movie and like yeah, which I was gonna do an episode that's... about that, which I may still do, just talking about that that what's called the uh, the early preview cut because it's one of these things that has been just mythical for you know like 30 years that they mention it on the original laserdisc commentary uh for the first movie they talk about that early preview screening and like a, how a little bit of how it was different and how none of the effects were there and um and so it's just been this thing that was like oh the, the you know the ghostbusters preview cut 
but it didn't exist as far as anyone knew. And it turned out that the guy, the editor of Ghostbusters was last year when he wasn't doing anything because nobody was working, uh, was just like going through boxes of stuff in his garage and he found a box of like old VHS tapes and he found a copy of it that he had made to like take home and like make notes based off of to do further editing. And, you know, it's on V, you know, in 1984 VHS quality. Um, so it's not that good, but, but it exists. And, you know, he was like, Oh, I, <laughs> I didn't know I had this. He, and he like, you know, people are going to up Ivan Reitman and was like, I've got the preview cut. I found it on a tape in my garage. And so, <laughs> So when they put out the big um, ultimate edition collection set, then they they put it on there on one of the one of the um, one of the multi discs of things, and uh, I watched it. And he and one of the producers did a commentary on it. Also, they sat down and watched it for the first time uh, since they watched it in 1984 at that famous preview screening, and uh, and did the commentary for it. And I watched it both ways, like you know, a day apart from each other. And it's one of my, like, one of the things that I, I know there's a, well, I'll do it in the episode that I actually do on it. Maybe, or maybe we'll do a segment on it once I can actually play like clips. Uh, Cause we're not Man, doing wanna, Ghostbusters, wanna... but it, well, the thing is I want you to watch it too, but I don't know how to get it to you because you, <laughs> the set is sold out. It's a Blu-ray. I could, I guess I could like mail you the disc and you could send it back. Uh, <laughs> is this the only way I, I can get no it way, to yeah, you? There's no way to really copy. Yeah. I'll have to, I'll... I'll have to check it's, around uh, see if anybody I know local has Because I bought it for... I am I would be kind of surprised if Hector hadn't bought the set because it seems like a thing he might buy. Um, I don't know if he cares about Ghostbusters, but... What's it actually called? It's called the... I think it's called the Ultimate Collection. Um, you know, you can... Was that the Was that the one where they left out the abomination? Yeah, it was the one where they... Well, they didn't... Le- they left... It's not on a disc, but people were outraged after the announcement early enough that then they were like, fine. And they printed a thing and put a digital code for it so you can, like, download it on... You can I watch mean, it on you're Voodoo. lucky they're, they're lucky they got that. I know. Well, I mean, the original thinking was, well, it's not... Like, like it's a reboot. Th- it's not... Like it's, there's nothing connective. It exists in its own universe. It doesn't connect to like, the other movies. So this is a collection of all of the Ghostbusters things that, that share. Connect. You know, because Afterlife shares the universe. Okay, I was just looking at yeah. on Amazon to see if they had. The they don't. Collection. It sold out everywhere. It was a hundred dollars when it knew, but it they all sold out in pre-order, and now it's like three hundred oh, on eBay. Yeah, of course, because people are dicks. <laughs> but I got uh, one. But yeah. Uh, if you haven't seen, like, I, 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 of course, I'm not going to say anything about it, but I, I don't know what, I don't even know what the reviews are on it because I don't care. I think it's, it was great. Oh, Afterlife? And, oh, yeah. Okay. Well, it, I, I'm it, waiting I think to see. It, I haven't really read much about it either. I've, I've sort of, you know, vaguely heard that people thought that it wasn't that great, but, but also people think don't it, think two is great and I disagree with them. So I've been hopeful. I, I think Afterlife was everything. It should and could have been. And that's it. Like, I, I don't think it could have... Like, I, I, there's nothing that I walked out being like, oh, they should have done... No, it was everything it should have and could have been for what it was. So, interested to hear your take on it, but... Yeah. 